The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star. and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. And we also have Matthew Hurdy here to chat about the weekend's club championship games. Before we get into that, though, I'd like to give our listeners just a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, we have a packed show this week to go along with the packed sports section coming out this Thursday. Later on, we'll be looking ahead to this weekend's All-Ireland Camogie final, where Cork are looking to get their hands on the O'Duffy Cup for the first time since 2018. They've beaten Kilkenny, they've beaten Galway, and now Waterford stand in their way. So we have Cork manager Matthew Toomey on to chat about his team's chances this weekend. We'll also get the players' perspective from captain Amy O'Connor ahead of the big day on Sunday. But first, we need to look back at what was a highly interesting, and in some places controversial start to the club championships this weekend there were good wins for O'Donovan Rasa, Bantry Blues, Donnies and more along with some exciting games in the West Cork group of death in the Premier Championship but let's go first Kieran to what was a controversial start to the Carberry Junior A Championship in a match between Tyg McCorrig and Randall Ogue where was it a draw not a draw give us the lowdown and the latest on what happened there that is the question. Was it a draw? Wasn't it a draw? I think we have to, to wait to find out. So where it stands first is that uh, Tyg McCorrick and Randall Oaks are playing in their group game in the Carberry Junior A Football Championship on Friday night. Our reporter had it as a, an 11 point to 10 win for Cora against Randall's. Cora had it as, as an 11 point to 10 win for themselves and their um, official Twitter account. Um, says as much, but the referee deemed it a draw at 11 points apiece. So obviously Cora aren't happy with, with that because in their eyes, they feel that they've won the game. So the ref support, from what I heard, has gone in and uh, it's stuck with the 11 apiece draw. So the ball is in Cora's court. So they're likely to appeal that decision because they're, um, from who I was chatting to, they're adamant that, that they won that game. And there was, as far as I know too, there's video footage of the game. So if that can be used or not as evidence. So it's kind of a, it's a very fluid story. It's a, it's a very kind of evolving story. So hopefully we'll find out more this week. But the main thing is that the right result is reached. Whether it was Cora winning 11 points to 10 or whether it was an 11 points apiece draw, we just want the right result here. So both teams know where they stand going into the next stage of the of the round-robin part of the Carberry Junior A. But um. In keeping with the junior championship over the, the last couple of years, there's always a couple of talking points, but I didn't think we'd get the, the first talking point on the first night of action, but there we are. So um, 
hopefully we'll have an update in Thursday's Southern Star, so keep an eye on that. Yeah, maybe they're getting the talking point out of the way early this season, so that's it now for the rest of the, the year. There won't be anything else, fingers crossed. Let's move on to the West Cork group of death in the Premier Senior Football Championship. And Matthew, there were uh, two exciting games in this uh, group of the round robin in Group A of that championship. Castlehaven would have been favourites against Carberry Rangers. So for a draw, 11 apiece draw there to come out is a bit of a, a shock, is it? Yeah, I would say so, Dylan. Uh, it really was like uh, Carver Rangers, like uh, brilliant. It was actually streamed live on uh, the new Rebels Online, so I watched it, and it was an entertaining game. Really, like it was a very close encounter. And to be honest, like Castlehaven weren't helped with uh, Brian Hurley being missing. James McCarthy actually said that they're just kind of risking him for the first few games. They, they don't know when he's going to be back. He wasn't back for this game, and I think Ross pounced on that very, very well. It was probably just a poor first half. Like, in fairness, um, both sides played kind of defensive football. Ross only scored one point for playing the first half. And uh, the Haven kind of held their own. They were kind of uh, tipping away at uh, stages of the game. But I think they lost their main guy up at the forwards, Jack Allen, in the first half. He went off injured. He scored two points by that point. And then he went off injured after that. But Ross had their own diamond. I thought Dar Hayes was absolutely excellent in this game, scoring four points, three from play, one mark. I thought he was he was absolutely brilliant. John O'Rourke was very good. Um, the goalkeeper, Paul Shanahan, was brilliant as winning goal, scoring two 45s and a free as well. And uh, we talk about goalkeepers scoring freely and things like that, and we might get on to more of the minute. But Paul Shanahan definitely put up his uh, claim as being probably the goalkeeper of the weekend. He was actually brilliant for Ross Carberry. And to be honest, Carberry Rangers probably should have won us in the last few minutes. Uh, Castlehaven went down to 13 men later on. Jamie Walsh got a second yellow card. Mark Collins got a black card. They were reduced to 13 men. And to be honest, like if Carberry Rangers actually kept Dar Hayes on the pitch, they could have easily won that game. So I think um, Seamus Hayes and the whole Ross backroom team would definitely take courage for coming out of this game. They have Clannock Hilton next. That's a big game for them. So, yeah, I think they, they were well worthy at the point. And, like, was it a surprise? It probably was a surprise, um, considering the players that Castlehaven probably had when all fit. But considering Brian Hurley was out, maybe it wasn't such a surprise after all, because Ross were kind of a team building from last year, actually getting into the quarterfinals. And they were actually with a point in Lima Rangers last season. So maybe Ross are building towards something even greater. Whereas Castlehaven, like, there's a lot to improve on. I think James McCarthy knows that. Uh, to win a county championship, but it's a good game to start off uh, the championship in general and the West Cork group did. And you think, like you mentioned there, um, that they said they were resting Brian Hurley. Now, obviously, he's been out for quite a while with with injuries. He came back for Cork's game against Derry and didn't quite look right. But is this is it a case where, like, if he if he is able to play, should he have played? Because we know if you don't get off to a good start in these round robins, you could be out before you know it. It's an interesting point, yeah, but at the same time, I could see where Castlehaven are coming from because their next game is against Valley Rovers. And to be honest, like Valley Rovers um, got a really bad beating at the weekend. And you you would think Castlehaven, even though Brian Hurley should beat uh, Valley Rovers in the second round game, in fairness. So maybe they're saving him for the first two games and maybe they're keeping him fresh for the later rounds in the championship. And yes, it is good to get off to a good start, but we see this last season or the years gone by, 
the team that usually starts off the best, usually Florence will see later on the championship. I think Douglas started off very, they started off like a train two years ago in 2021. Then they lose to Clonakilty in the semi-finals. The bar was the same. Like they started off very well last season. A lot of people thought they'd win the championship, then lose the final. So like maybe it's important, maybe to peak at the right time. And it was the same with Dublin in the in the men's football, same with Limerick in the hurling. Maybe it is it's better not to start off like a train too early and maybe save your best form to last in the last few games. And maybe James McCarthy just believes in these players that Cassidavan have the talents to do that in certain stages. Because after all, they are one of the top three teams in the Premier Senior Championship, regarded by many. So look I could see Cassidavan's viewpoint on not playing Brian Hurley in the first few games, but at the same time. Ross was going to be a tough ask, Brian Hurley fit or not. So maybe it was questionable in that viewpoint that he didn't play, but I can understand where James McCarthy is coming from that he didn't play him. And Kieran, it's a great result for, for Carberry Rangers. They're up against Clonakilty next, who, um, like Matthew was saying there, kind of dispatched Valley Rovers with ease at the weekend as well. Yeah, huge win for Clannacilty. They beat Valley Rovers 20 points to 1-9 and it was a quite a resounding win. And in Thursday Southern Star, we're chatting to Owen Ryan, the Clannacilty selector, and he makes the point that this is probably the first time in years that Clann were able to put out their best 15 on the pitch. Um, looking at some of their top performers, it was just brilliant to see Liam O'Donovan back in County Championship action for the first time since 2021 when Clann all the way to the to the county final. It was actually in that semi-final against Douglas when his injury nightmare kind of kicked off again. He um, suffered a really bad injury, almost the last ball of that game against against Douglas. Um, so he's he's been cursed, the poor fella, since then. But he was really impressive the last day. I actually have a bone to pick with Mark White. We had Mark White in our podcast last week and I said to Mark, is it, is it worth putting a couple of euro on you to get a few points in this year's championship? And he was he was playing it down Yet Mark White was has been given our men of the match in Torres' Southern Star because he got up the field and he kicked two points from play. If only if we knew then what we knew now, we could be rich men on this podcast. But um, Mark White was one of the many impressive performers for for Clannacilty. So it's a great start for them. Like you said, they didn't give Carby Rangers up next, and that's going to be some game. That's on Sunday week, the the twentieth. You've you've two big teams going head to head, two big close rivals going head to head as well. And there's a lot on the line in that game. If Clan Kilty can beat Carby Rangers, they're almost assured of their of their knockout place. Because I'm going to make a very dangerous assumption here, and it come, could come back and bite me in the arse. But I'm predicting that Castlehaven will get the better of Valley Rovers. So. Depending on the next set of, set of fixtures, um, we could see kind of guilty already through to the knockout stages if they beat Kirby Rangers, but, but that's a big if. But as far as kind of guilty go, ideal start to this year's championship because they're facing into two weeks of junior hurling now. So they, they wanted to get points on the board before they're back in football action. They got that. And as well as that, they got a performance. They got all their main men back in the field. So there'll be a lot of positives for Clan right now. Um, so yeah, the, the ideal start for them, but there will be twists and turns in this group. Like you have those three West Cork teams, and you have Valleys in there. You've seen Valleys over the last couple of years. They are capable of springing a surprise somewhere along the line. Whether they do this year or not, we we don't know. They didn't look too hectic against Clannacilty the weekend just gone. So we'll have to wait and see how the second round of games pan out. Yeah, it's definitely one to mark down in the diary Sunday 20th of August because it'll be a huge opportunity for both of those teams, both thinking if they can grab a win there that it sets them up nicely going forward. So we'll see what happens there. 
We'll move on now to the County Senior A Football Championship and O'Donovan Rossa kind of tore up the script a little bit against Nagree at the weekend with an impressive 2-9-11 victory. And Matthew, they'll be delighted with this result, won't they? Absolutely thrilled. It's a, like uh, Gino Donovan actually said that, uh, you know, a lot of people wrote them off and uh, a lot of people in, in many outlets actually wrote uh, O'Donnell Ross off. And when you look at the opponents they were playing, not agree at three intercounty stars in Daniel O'Mahony, Owen McSweeney and Patrick Doyle, you would have thought not agree would win this game considering they got to the senior A final last year. They probably would have been favourites for this competition. But as you rightly said there, Dylan, they tore up the script and they produced a very, very good performance. Like Dolan O'Connor getting a goal, Thomas Hager taking the other goal, they won 2-9 to 11 points in the end, which was quite comfortable, four-point victory for O'Donovan Ross in the end, and they definitely pulled up trees um, with this victory, like Sean Fitzgerald, actually Gino Donovan talked to me last week about him being Chicago uh, last year for the Chicago Senior Football Championship, but he came back in this year, I think he scored a point on Saturday as well, so brilliant performance by him, and to get him back, and to get Kevin Davis of the team, Dylan Howard, like Skeeve actually have some very good talents there in that team. And when you look at the landscape of the Senior A Championship, a lot of the favourites actually lost this weekend, including that degree. So O'Donnell Ross will be looking at this and thinking, there's an opportunity here for us to go on a further run. And let's not forget, they got to the last four deservedly so last year, losing out to Michaels, who were probably one of the, be- one of the best Senior A teams in the last few years that we've seen. So like they aren't far off uh, O'Donnell Ross and Gene O'Donnell will be absolutely thrilled with this victory. And um yeah, it's, it's the right start uh, for Skip in general. Like They start off well last year. They went to the semi-finals. They start off well this year. Who's to say they can't get to a final? Yeah, their next game is up against Canturk, uh, who themselves got off to a good start with a win against Vermoy. So that'll be a top of the group clash. And Kieran, if they can win there, like you said with Clannacilty before, it kind of would almost, maybe not completely, but almost guarantee a place in the next round. So they'll be looking forward to that one as well. 100% like, like Matthew said there, the ideal start, the, the, uh, the ideal start for Skip because they have the talent in that squad and we're just want to, just want to see them kind of, I suppose, realise their potential. Um, again, whether they're good enough to win the Senior A Football Championship, we just have to wait and see. They have a really good squad of players there. They have some top class players. We do add in the likes of like Don Don Hodnett, Kevin Davis, like there's match winners all over the pitch there. And in fairness to the Skip team, they've been there or thereabouts the last couple of teams, the last couple of years, sorry, but they just haven't taken that next step. Whether they can this season or not, we just we just have to wait and see. But what a way to announce their arrival in this year's championship by beating a very fancy knock degree team, a really good knock degree team, like like Matthew said, got to last year's county final. So I think this result will make other teams sit up and take notice of Skib. Not that they wouldn't have already, you know, because like I said, Skib have been knocking around semi-finals, quarter-finals for the for the last couple of years. They beat Donnie's in last year's quarter-final. And that's a Donnie's team that are that had a great win themselves the weekend just gone. So it's um it's a, a it was a good opening weekend for Skib Rain. And I think the manager Gene is quite happy because, like he said. They proved a lot of people wrong by, by beating Knock Degree. So a good start, but Skib need to build in it now. Absolutely. And Matthew Kieran mentioned there, Donnie's in um another group in Group B or sorry, Group C of the Senior A Championship. They narrowly beat Newcestown with the 64th minute 45 from Aaron Mannix. And it was a local derby that they would be absolutely thrilled with the win, won't they? 
it'd be absolutely delighted in fairness. And uh, what I was hearing for anybody that was at the game, I was hearing it was a very, very poor game, but a uh, very intense West Cork derby, all the same. Like the second half, there was a lot of hits going in, and uh, Donnie's were doing well, Noose's down were doing well. Like it was um, score for score throughout the whole thing. And then Aaron Manick steps up with that 45. And to be honest, the weather wasn't great that week, uh, last weekend either. So let's not forget that. To, Put the ball down and kick a 45 in that pressure cooker situation as well. It's brilliant. And it's for a guy that came on in the second half, I think, for Donnie's as well. So, like, he did absolutely brilliant Aaron Mannix. And Donnie's have a good team, to be fair. I know there, there wasn't probably their best performance against Newstone the weekend, but it's still the players. They have match winners. As Kieran mentioned with O'Donnell and Ross, they have match winners. Donnie's have match winners as well in um, Mark Buckley. Obviously, Fionn Hurley, he was in the, with the Cork Seniors this season, a very good player there. Uh, Gavin Farr is a good player I'm hearing as well. Like, Donnie's have very good players all over the pitch, and Declan O'Dwyer's definitely gelled them well together as a team. And, yeah, you have that guy, Aaron Mannix, coming off the bench, and if he keeps producing points like that, they could go even further into the championship. But, um, for Luke's time, look, it's a disappointing defeat for them. They came down from Premier Senior uh, last season. Like it was, they wanted to get off to a good start. They didn't do so. They they lost this game. And yet Tim Buckley was complaining over the last few weeks about uh, numbers and dual commitments and stuff like that with hurling and football. And that was probably the question that we'd have with Luke's Town. Can they fulfill their dual dreams with hurling and football on really at the same time. Like they've hurling in the next two weeks now. They prepare for that in the senior A championship. Then they have football after that. So it's going to be a long few weeks for Newstone. They put themselves at the back foot already. And yeah, it's going to be a difficult group to get out of. But at the same time, they are in a group with um, Oil Rovers and Bishopstone. And we've seen over the weekend as well, Bishopstone beat them 1-11, or sorry, 1-12 to four points in Ireland, they don't look that good, to be honest, which is, so maybe Newstone could pick up a win there. So to be honest, like the, the, I don't know if it's the next game or the game after against Bishopstone, but that'll be massive for Newstone. They, they have to win that in the next few weeks. If they don't, their championship could be in jeopardy. Yeah, and Donnie's are facing Bishopstone in their next game, so we'll maybe learn a lot about them in that game as well. Just stand that for a second before, before we move on, Dylan. Um, just on that Island Rovers, I think it's worth making a point. They only scored four points against Bishopstone. Like this is for a for a club that was up at, at senior level, well, premier senior level, uh, not not too long ago. Like that's a that was a poor result for Island Rovers. They're after a, a poor league campaign as well, and just to to go down like they did against um to, to go down like they did against Bishopstone, it's not a is that a great indicator for, for, for what's to come? Um, Johnny Holland, the selector, talks in this Thursday Southern Star about they just didn't play well in the night, but they had to take the result on the chin and build it for their next game. But that Ireland Rovers and Newcestown game, I'm looking here, it's on Saturday, August 19th in Rossmore at five o'clock. What a huge Westcock derby that is. Both teams are on the back foot after their open round losses. Both teams need to win because whoever loses here will find themselves stuck in a relegation battle going into the, the final round of games. And neither team wants that. Like Matthew said, Newcastle are just down from Premier Senior. Ireland were only down the season before that. So it's um all of a sudden that's turning into a huge game in terms of, I suppose, trying to reignite your championship hopes, but not be dragged into a relegation battle. So that's a that's a big one to keep an eye on on Saturday week. Yeah, that one will turn on a nice edge. And it's, it's great for us. Um, kind of reporting on it that there are so many after just one weekend there are already so many um, interesting matchups ahead Um, and a great game that happened at the weekend as well moving on to the Premier Intermediate Football Championship Bantry Blues would have been 
obviously disappointed having lost last year's final against Canturk, but they kind of they've brushed off the cobwebs and gotten off to a great start against Ivleri um last weekend, Matthew as well. They have done, yeah. And uh, like it was disappointing for Bantry to lose the final last year. But as we've seen with Dr. Bree losing the final last year, they followed up with another disappointing defeat on the first day to Odon Rossa. That wasn't the repeat with Bantry. They performed absolutely brilliantly and beat Eve Larry by 114 to 112. And it was a it was a very good win, fairness. Like they beat Eve Larry in the semi-finals last year. So the, the aim was to repeat the trick. They did that and they did it um, brilliantly in fairness to them. Shawnee O'Leary would won two um, from play from midfield. Very good performance from him, colossal performance. Kevin Casey at centre forward was brilliant with three points from play. Uh, Rory Dean was in the team and contributed very well to Bantry. And it's crucial he's fit now. Like he had a long intercounty year with Cork, and if he's fit and firing for Bantry, they could go a long way. And they'll probably be favourites nearly to win the Premier Intermediate Championship. I know there's Bandon coming down this year, like they'll be still a difficult nut to crack. If Eve Lair, obviously, well, they beat Eve Lair already. Kill the Matra will be a difficult team to overcome. But Bantry, like you look at him um, the next few games, they should be winnable enough. So you're looking at a knockout stage in for Bantry, and anything's possible then. Like they could even get to a final. As we've seen last season, like they performed very well last season up until the final against Cantorque. But once they get to the final this year, they have to perform. Well, if they get to the final, they have to perform this year in general. But they've done absolutely brilliantly in this game in general. Uh, Bantry beating a very good Eve Lair team. And just on Eve Lair for a minute, Chris Old Jones, Cork Senior, scored four points for play. Very good performance from him and a player to watch in the Premier Intermediate Championship. But Bantry off to a very good start. Very good start for David O'Donovan's team. And they could be the favourites for the Premier Intermediate Championship yet. Yeah, Kieran, would anything but a final be kind of a disappointment for them this year? That's a that's a tough one because it's such a competitive grade and they did so well to get there last year. I think I know it's very cliched, but I can imagine eventually you now it's one game at a time for the initial target get out of the group. They've given themselves a huge chance by by winning that first game and looking at their their next couple of games. Like Matthew said, they are they're winnable for a team of Bantry's talent, but they still have to go out and win it. So you would expect to see Bantry in the business end of the of the competition. But one West Cork team already struggling in the Premier um in, intermediate. I'm just just looking here is Benden. Benden had a defeated by Rock Chapel in the weekend just gone, and it's it's not the start that. That Aidan McCarthy's team wanted. I was chatting to him earlier and he said they're, they're they're gutted both with the performance and with the results. They expected better. So it's after putting them on the back foot in, in their group. And this is a bending team probably looking to re-establish themselves. And they've, they've lost a couple of, of stalwarts. Um, Barry Collins is in Canada. Pat Prindergast, the almost legendary local goalkeeper. We've had him on the podcast before, Pat. Um, he stepped away from from active duty between the posts, but I think he's still involved in the, maybe the, as a selector, the coaching side of things for, for Bendon. So it's good that Bendon still have him there. But this last to, to Rock Chapel here was 213 to 19. It's just put him on the back foot. I think they have Nima Rangers next up in a couple of weeks' time. But, and we've, we've seen in the last couple of years, Bendon are a dual club. So a lot of those players will be now hurling for the next couple of weeks. So all of a sudden, there's a bit of pressure on Bendon going into their next game. But Aidan McCarthy, he's expecting a performance. He's expecting a, a bit of a, a backlash after their disappointment the weekend. So it'll be interesting to, to watch how, how Bendon go in their next game as well. So while Bantry Blues, after a great start, wasn't a good start for Bendon. No, not at all. But a good start for another team. And just to close off our roundup of the weekend's games, St. James of Ardfield competed in a county championship match. It was new territory for them. 
Matthew and they beat Kinsale 111 to 13 points in their first match in this new Premier Junior football grade and it's a, a great result for them. Huge results, brilliant result for them and uh, to be honest I was talking to Alan O'Shea over the last few weeks and he seemed very excited about this challenge. A new new dawn for St. James. Like they've been stuck at the Carberry Championship for years. They went into the county championship and they weren't just there to compete. They won. And fair play to James for doing that. And as well as that, the old guard was still there. Kevin O'Brien was midfield. I think he's mid-30s now, but he was still rocking it out in midfield. What a performance. Be very kind to him, Matthew. Saying mid-30s. Oh, yeah, exactly. Sure, um, he's he's fit out. We know he's fit out. He's an absolutely brilliant athlete in fairness to him. Um, but you look at uh, Frank Hayes and Conor Coward as well. 1-2 for play, 1-3 overall. Another one was the, the so-called old guard. Brilliant performance from him. And Lushy, even the even the manager, he's a player mentor. He even came on for the last few minutes. He was even buzzing to get involved in county championship action. So it was a brilliant performance overall by James. They were well ahead at halftime, what I was hearing, but they just grinded it out in the second half against a very good Kinsale team to be fair like Kinsale are a very historic football team like it was always going to be tough for James to get through that challenge but they got through it and fair play to James's and the first win this will give him confidence for the next few weeks in fairness to Alan O'Shea and, the, and his group of players like it's a brilliant win for them and just in um, the other game of the group as well Kilmurray absolutely hammered Midstreet I think it was 119 to 10 points and that was a big result for Kilmurray. And that, that was a Kilmurray team that actually beat James in the quarterfinal last year by, I think, three points, three or four points. So there's nothing between those two sides. So, like, all going well, it could be them two, Kilmurray and James, is to go into the next round of the of the Premier Junior Championship. And, yeah, a re- rematch of that game. We'd love to see that. So, yeah, very good start for James's, And they aren't just there to compete. They're there to win. And it, it was great, too, for St. James to win because... Alan O'Shea, the player manager, is a South Kerry man. So it was a it, it was a tough weekend for, for, for Kerry souls right across the world. But I think Alan O'Shea to see uh, to play his part in St. James's first win in the Premier Junior, I, I think he I think he'll take that. So it'll it'll help dry the tears of Sunday in Crow Park for him. Single-handedly solving all of all of Kerry's problems. He's some man for one man. Uh, we'll um obviously be um covering all of these games in this week's Southern Star. This Thursday's Southern Star. We have a great offer on at the moment. So I'm just going to put the code up on screen again for people. Um, it's in the description. If you do want to subscribe to the Southern Star, become a premium subscriber, you get full access to our website along with um the e-paper, which is available on your mobile, your computer, your tablet every morning from 6:30. Or sorry, not every morning, every Thursday from 6:30. Um, and we have a great offer. It's 50% off for the first two months at the moment so now is the time to subscribe we'll be chatting about the football championships again in a couple of weeks when they're back but now kieran we want to look ahead to this week's um big all-ireland camogie final we're going to take a quick break before we do that the star sport podcast is brought to you by access credit union access credit union funding dreams for over 50 years Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and we're going to look ahead now to a huge game this Sunday as Cork make the trip to Croke Park to attempt to get their hands on the O'Duffy Cup for the first time since 2018. Their opponents Waterford are going for their first since 1945 so the, sh- the wait hasn't been as long for Cork but Kieran Matthew Toomey's team will be 
absolutely dying to win this weekend. Oh, hopefully it's coming home on Sunday. Please, God, it's coming home because this Cork team has been so close over the, the last couple of years and they've suffered more than their their fair share of heartbreak in, in major finals. Uh, the last two All-Ireland finals, Cork have lost. The last two Division One League finals, this team have lost as well. So they are due their, their bit of luck when it comes to the big day in Croke Park. But sport isn't isn't that straightforward. There's always twists, twists and turns and... I suppose the, the one concern going into this game is the, almost that that fairy tale aspect to the Waterford story back in the final senior final for the first time since forty five that seventy eight years or something like that. Um, is it set up for Waterford to do what no one would think they would they would do as in win the All Ireland? You know, it could happen. This is a Waterford team that beat Cork already in the in the Munster Championship back at the end of of April. So Waterford have shown that they're capable of beating this Cork team. But I do think Matthew Toomey's side is a different team now compared to what they were back then. There was a Cork team when they lost to Waterford. They were going through a bit of a rut. It was a bit of a, I suppose, a, the, the dark period of their season. Cork lost four games in a row between the end of the league to Galway, the league final to, to Galway, the Munster Championship to Waterford, and then their opening All-Ireland group game to Galway again. So they were four losses in a row, but... To talk about the character and resilience this group have shown, they came out of that and they've gone on a, on a winning run since and they find themselves back in the final. And it's the journey to Dylan that this team have taken, especially their last two games. Beat Galway in the semi-final, beat Kilkenny in the quarter-final, two of the other big three, two of the other big three, big three teams. So for Cork to do that, they have momentum, they have confidence. We know they have the hurling ability. So hopefully they can just put in a performance on Sunday. Yeah, and you mentioned like the kind of fairy tale aspect to to Waterford season, and if Cork go on to win it, I don't think anyone would be able to call it a fairy tale in the same way. But like you mentioned there, from a kind of Cork specific perspective, like it, it would be a huge thing having beaten Kilkenny, having beaten Galway to to get over that hump and and bring the trophy home. Like without putting too much pressure on Cork, you almost feel like they have to win it now. Like they've They've beaten that Kilkenny team who had beaten Cork in last year's All-Ireland final. They beat a Galway team that they hadn't beaten since 2017. So they've taken out two of their biggest rivals. So they've definitely got to the final the hard way by beating the other, the other big teams in this competition. And now they're going to face a Waterford team relative, relatively new on, on, on the block, you could say, but still a very good team. Obviously, they are to get to the All-Ireland final and they beat Tipperary in the in the last round, but Cork will go in as favourites, and and rightly so. And how will Cork cope with that? Because going into the last two games, they were underdogs. So like maybe maybe that having the pressure off suited them some bit. But the, the expectation would be that Cork will get the job done on on on, on Sunday in Croke Park. It's not going to be that straightforward. Like I said, this is a Waterford team; they're in merit, and it's a Waterford team that knows that it can beat Cork as well because they've done so already this year. But I think that that result in the Munster Championship, it's actually, it's forewarned Cork about the dangers of this Waterford team. They, they know just how good they are. They know that they have to bring a performance on, on Sunday. And, and that's key, bring the performance. If Cork can bring the performance and it's good enough, brilliant. If Cork bring the performance and it's not good enough, well, it just wasn't meant to be their day. But they have to bring that performance. And there's so many big players inside in, in that Cork dressing room and big players who know about big games. And I think it's a big advantage for Cork that they 
that they have played in the last Royal Ireland finals. They have players who've won All Ireland titles um, going back over the, the years. We'll hear from Amy O'Connor soon. She, she tells us this is her eighth All Ireland final. So she knows the trappings of this week inside out. She knows what All Ireland final day in Croke Park is. She knows it inside out. She knows what it's like to win a final and she knows what it's like to lose a final. So when you've players of that experience in a dressing room, it has to it has to be an advantage. You have to use it to your advantage when it comes to a big game like this. I'm just thinking back to the all to the All-Ireland final on Sunday, Dublin and Kerry. What what many pundits were saying afterwards is Dublin's experience down the stretch helped them get over the line in a very, very tight game because they had players who didn't who'd been there before, they knew what to do. In, in those big moments of a game. And I look at this Cork team and I look at the likes of the Amy O'Connors and the Libby Coppingers and the Laura Tracy's and the Hannah Looney's and even Ashing Thompson and Orla Cronin and all these top-class players who've been on the bench as impact subs for the last few games. They all know what they need to do. The likes of Katrina Mackey, they, they know what they need to do to win a game like this. I, I, I think that experience could be key on Sunday. Yeah, you mentioned like Waterford will will want to use the the journey that they've been on as an advantage, but like like Cork have to use their their experience and as as an advantage as well. And just looking at, I was actually just looking at the weather for for the game because it's meant to be quite wet, and that could have like what kind of an effect do you think that could have? Because that often is in sport a kind of leveling factor between two teams when it um the weather isn't the best. 100% it really does kind of level the playing field because it's the exact same for both. Even just going back to the the Crow Park for the for the Dublin Kerry game on Sunday, the Ireland men's football final, it, it was raining up there, it was misty, and the, the, the pitch was very, very slippy. You could see players slipping, even, even in the warm-up. I was watching down at the Kerry goalkeeper, Shane Ryan, just was practising his kickouts, and he, he was slipping, taking a, taking a kickout, and you could see during the game itself that there was players falling over. So whatever it is with the, the Croke Park surface, and it is top class, it's a pure carpet. But the, the moisture or the rain or the or the drizzle just seems to settle on top of the pitch and it makes it quite slippy. So if it is raining like that on, on Sunday and if it is wet, it will make it more more of a of a of a battle, maybe a war of attrition. But again, I'm gonna give a nod to these Cork players because the, I don't know, kind of from a psychological point of view, do our teams encouraged almost work off the pain of what's gone before. This Cork team have lost the last two All-Ireland finals. They've been hurting. They know what it's like to lose finals and it's a horrible feeling and they just don't want to be there again. So, like, you talk about wanting it. You know, these players will really want it. Well, obviously, Waterford will too. But I, what I'm trying to say is that that these Cork players have felt the pain of the last couple of years and they'll go to the well on Sunday and they won't have, they, they, they don't want to be back there again kind of watching another team lift the O'Duffy, O'Duffy Cup after the game. So I think there's a lot of factors, a lot of um, kind of pointing me towards a Cork win, but it's it's not going to be easy because this is, is a Waterford team, maybe with nothing to lose, because again, that expectation is on Cork. And, and that's very dangerous for Cork to go up against a team who probably have nothing to lose, who are surprise finalists in, in in many senses no one would have picked them as a, a finalist at the, at, at the start of the season so it's a it's a dangerous game for Cork but it's one that they have the tools to win absolutely and we're going to hear from captain Amy O'Connor in just a second but I want to ask you about something that she says in her chat with you where she mentions that obviously Cork had that kind of rough patch earlier on in the season where they lost four games in a row and she said that she wasn't sure if that had ever happened to her in her core career at all. 
And something that's kind of strikes me with, with Amy is she's so positive. And she, as she says to you in the, in the chat, like she just loves playing Camogie, loves playing for Cork. And maybe losing those four games has, was actually a good thing for the team in that it kind of forced them to, to look elsewhere, to look within, to, to kind of take things to the next level. 100% because they needed a reaction. Like for any team to lose four games in a row, obviously something is not going right somewhere. Like Amy felt within, within certain games that, that Cork were playing well, but they weren't getting the result. Let's say it was the, the, the first half of the All-Ireland Championship game away to Galway. Amy felt that the Cork were playing well within that first half, but they ended up losing the game. So losing those games, like you said, it forced Cork to look within and said, okay, lads, we really need to fix this. We really, 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 really need to get to get this moving again because it could have been very easy for, for the heads to drop and all of a sudden that a season could peter out. So the response we've seen in the last four games and, and four, four really impressive wins and all, all in different ways, looking here that Cork put up 319 against both Down and Clare in the group stage to get out of the group and into the knockout stage. Didn't beat Kilkenny by a point, 214 to 213. And that was a cracker up in Cork Park. And then that win against Galway was by 15 points to 2-6. To but I think you can trace a lot of that back to the character and the resilience and the fortitude that that team had to show to dig themselves out of that rut that, that they were in. Because Amy O'Connor, this is, she's been playing about 10, 11 seasons, 10, 11 seasons for Cork. And she could never remember a season where Cork lost four games in total. Not to mind last four games in a row. So for them to, to play their way out of it, to work their way out of it, the team would have come closer together and it, it would have helped them on, on, their, on their journey. And their journey has been kind of bookmarked by, by big performances and, and big results in the last couple of games. And OK, beating Galway the last day was huge in the semi-final. They, they laid to rest their, their bogey because Galway had the upper hand in the last couple of meetings. But I'm still going to go back to that quarterfinal against Kilkenny because what struck out for me was... In that second half, Cork were up by five points at one stage and Kilkenny brought it back to a point. And I had a piece in the star after the league final kind of pointed out in the last in the last four major finals that Cork were in, at some stage of the second half, I think they were always leading at some point, but they always let the lead slip. And it was either Galway or Kilkenny always just had enough just to get over the line against Cork. But Cork were in winning positions, but they weren't getting the job done. So for Cork to get the, the job done against Kilkenny and hold on to a lead in a big game up in Croke Park, I thought that was huge for this group in terms of confidence and their growth and their development. And the hope now is that they'll get the job done on, on Sunday and bring the O'Duffy Cup back to Cork because I know it's only been a couple of years, 2018, isn't it? Is it? But it's, it's, it's been too long for Cork, Dylan. We need the O'Duffy Cup back, here, back on the side. Absolutely. And just before we we throw to, to Amy now, just a word on the manager, Matthew Toomey, because of course we're going to be hearing from him just after Amy as well. And he expressed relief after the, was it the Galway win? um, And felt that that was a, a huge thing for them to get over that. And in the chat with, with Matthew uh, Hurley coming up just after your chat with Amy, he's a little bit more... um. As a manager, it kind of has to be, I guess, a little bit more laid back about things, a little bit calmer, expressing that like Waterford are a good team and they'll have to be on their best. Is that his job is to, to keep the players' feet on the ground this weekend? Exactly. Yeah. He's kind of it's all about management from from, from this weekend to make sure that the, the players are in the best position to give that performance that we want to see on Sunday. 
and and for 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 um for Matthew and his management team and even for the players like they've been here before that's the thing they have that experience from last year and the year before so they know what this week looks like they've all their media duties out of the way a couple of training sessions this week light training sessions um everything is geared towards sunday heading up to Croke park i'm presuming on 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 saturday so for for Matthew to me like all the all the hard work is done like this is not about finishing the job like there's no heavy training sessions this week this is about fine-tuning these the tactics fine tuning these these athletes to make sure that we we get the performance that we want to see on on Sunday. But Matthew, um, I think for Matthew, the last couple of games, it's always been a vindication for him. And he he talked about he, he talk, talked about this Cork team being written off and the character of this team being questioned in in the last couple of months. And the character was questioned because the results just weren't there at, at one stage. And the character has been questioned because. They haven't got over the line in these big games. But this team of shorter character in that quarterfinal against Kilkenny and in that semi-final against Galway, they sh- they've shown that they can beat the big teams. And that's huge for this group. But I'm going to say it again, Dylan. They really need to get the job done on, on Sunday. Like They've done so much hard work. The biggest step and the hardest step is they have to take on, on Sunday. But it would be a shame now if they couldn't finish the job. And I'm I'm predicting, and I I feel confident that that Cork will get the job done, but I'm going to to put that balance out against. We need that performance. We really do. Absolutely. So enough from us now. Let's hear from Amy O'Connor first and Matthew Toomey second on this weekend's big game. It's the week of the final, Amy. The big game isn't too far away. So what's this week like for you? Have you any superstitions? Anything you like to do to take your mind off the game, or do you try and get focused in early in the week? Um, I try not to think about it at all, to be honest, until the, the whistle is blown. Um, I find that that works best for me. So just continue. Try as be, try and be as busy as I can in work. And yeah, just try not to think about it too much. Where is work now and what are you up to? So I work for WorkVivo. Um, it's a, a an internal communications platform and we were recently acquired by Zoom. Um, so I'm a pharmacist by profession, but took a job at WorkVivo, I'd say, three and a half years ago now. And it was the best thing I ever did. Um, so I'm a project manager and I absolutely love it. Okay, so you'll be you'll be kind of taking a few hours off towards the end of the week, I presume, will you? Uh, do you know what? No, I actually will try to stay as busy as I can until half five on, on Friday, just ahead of the game. Um, Yeah, my colleagues now will hear that and they'll be delighted. They'll be flying work at me left, right and centre. But yeah, I try to keep as busy as, as I can, just for not to think about the game too much. Because like you have experienced this before, like you've been in a hell of a lot of our Lord and finals. So you know what the week of a, of a final looks like. Does this feel different to what's gone before or does it feel very much similar? No, it feels very similar. I think this is my eighth final now. And I've been very fortunate to be involved in that many finals. So as you said, we kind of know the, the way it all works, you know, the week leading up to it. And even on the day itself, you kind of know minute by minute, hour by hour, how things are going to work. And um, so that's that's brilliant for us. You know, we can be as relaxed as we possibly can be then in the week leading up to it because nothing has really changed. And that, fami- that familiarity that the Cork players have, that has to be an advantage over, let's say, Waterford, who are in their first all Ireland final in 78 years, which is a, incredible on their side. But the fact that you know the big day, you know the trappings, the media, what it's like, but even to run into the final itself, like that must be an advantage going into the game. Yeah, it's nice to know that you, you've you experienced it before and you can kind of, you know, look to that bank of work that you've done in previous years and kind of identify areas that worked for you and identify areas that haven't worked for you. Um, and yeah, that can only come with experience. So we're hoping that'll benefit us on, the, on Sunday. 
before we take a closer look at Cork's journey to the final, I just want to talk to you about your own Camogie career because I was just doing a bit of research here beforehand. And one quote you've done, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I think it was an interview you did last year, Amy, and you said, I always said when I grew up, I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a pharmacist. I didn't want to be a teacher. I wanted to be a Cork senior Camogie player. And I, I thought that just resonated. It was really, really strong. So talk to me about that. What was it about Cork Camogie where you said from an early age, this is what I want to do? I just was just pure and utter love for the game. And I know that's, that might sound very cliche now, but um, I just love playing Camogie. Just absolutely love it. I love playing with Cork because everybody's on the same page. Everyone has the same goals. You know, sometimes you might go to the club and I play with a club that's in a junior A level. And, you know, our goal at the start of the year may not always be to win the county. You know, people are coming up training and it might be, you know, to get away from work or, you know, to you know, get away from their children for a while or whatever it may be. Whereas when you're playing with Cork, everyone has the same goal um, and they'll do everything in their power to get to that. And, and that's something that I really enjoy. And is that sense of enjoyment as strong now as it was when you started off, which is what, over a decade ago? Yeah, to be honest, it's probably even more. <laughs> I just love playing. Um, I love playing Camogie. I love going to the pitch by myself, even, you know, just practicing freeze or shots or whatever it might be. And, you know, I just love meeting people that, you know, again, as I said, want to want to achieve the same goal and, you know, how hard they're working. And it's great to, to know and have that faith in your teammates that everyone is doing everything in their power to to, to achieve that goal. And, you know, that that's it's very enjoyable to be part of a group like that. And this particular Cork group, like you're leaving no stone unturned whatsoever to get the hands back in the O'Duffy Cup. Been so close the last couple of years. What's it like being captain of this group? Because you're, you're named Cork captain again for, for, for this season. So to be captain of, of a group like this and a group that's on a, on a mission. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a lovely honour. Um, you know, it's it's a huge honour for myself personally, for my family and for my club. And, um, you know, the girls that are in the panel this year, it's it's been a building process. You know, it, it hasn't happened overnight. You know, we've been probably working towards this for, for a long time now. Um. But there's exceptional people in the dressing room, you know, exceptional characters, you know, brilliant players uh, and just all around good people. And it's nice, again, to be part of a group like that. And as I said, you know, everyone has that one goal. Uh, everyone looks out for each other. And I know, again, that might sound cliche, but this has been a building process. This hasn't happened overnight. And, you know, it's really nice to, to be part of that group. And obviously to be captain is huge, but I won't like I don't dwell on that too much. You know, I haven't all of a sudden become the loudest in the dressing room or the loudest on the pitch or anything like that. And we have enough leaders in our group as well you know, my responsibility is just to go out and make sure that I'm right as a player and, you know, do my job. And that's the same for everyone else. You mentioned there the group of players and there's a fair representation fair representation from West Cork, the Kira Sullivan's, the Orla Cronin's, the Corsi's contingent, Libby, of course, uh, as well. Have you ever ventured out to West Cork much much yourself, Amy? Would you be familiar with this neck of the woods? Yeah, I actually would. I have a camper van, so we try to get down to West Cork a good bit. I uh, love West Cork. Lovely part of the world. Very far away from everything. <laughs> um, a lovely part of the world, yeah. And we're very lucky to have the calibre of players, you know, coming from West Cork to, to kind of help our panel as well. So it's brilliant. Like some of the West Cork players have been very prominent in the last couple of games. Sirish McCarthy was superb against, against Galway. But to have that, to have different players step up in different games, you know, it, it's a testament to the squad that Matthew Toomey's put together. Definitely. And as I said, like it's been a building process. We haven't always had, you know, the strong 20, the strong 25, the strong 30. Um, so it has taken time to build that. But it's brilliant going out onto the pitch, you know, and you know that on any given day, if 
maybe for whatever reason one person doesn't perform you'll have someone left or right of you that that will perform and then also you know you're on the pitch and you look over to the line and you're kind of seeing Ashton Thompson or the Crone and Laura Hayes warming up and that's an unbelievable boost and you know as I said that has taken time to build um but it's brilliant now to have that talking about the kind of bomb squad as they've been referred to kind of the coming off the bench like you said there even in the last game Cleena Healy Laura Hayes Orla Cronin Ashton Thompson Orla Cahillan my god they'd started in the other intercounty team but to have that strength in depth now and to have let's call them the finishers you know so Cork can finish with such a strong team like that that's so important now it's so important, yeah. And as you said, you listed five girls there. You could list another 15, to be honest. And those girls are very unfortunate not to start the last day. You know, as you said, they'd probably get into any other inter-county team in the country. Um, But I suppose in our group as well, we understand that everyone has their role. And some people's role is to start the job and others is to finish the job. And it's brilliant to have that. And while there is a fight and there is a huge competition for places, people understand their roles as well. And they're happy enough to, you know, finish the job for the team, which is brilliant. Um, and again, that, that has taken time to build, um, but hopefully we're on the right track now. It's been some journey again this season, but I want to go back actually to probably just a bad patch right in the middle of the season. There was four losses in a row from the end of the league through to the Munster Championship to the start of the All-Ireland Championship. And that could have been very easy to let the heads bow down, but Cork didn't bounce back in style. But talk to me small bit about that period and what you did within the group just to get things back on track. Yeah, I suppose there was four losses in a row. I don't think we've ever had that in my time during Carcamogie. You know, I've been there, this is my 10th season now, and I don't think we've ever lost that many games in a row or even in a season, I would say. Um, but we always kept the faith. We always knew what we were trying to achieve. And, you know, even in those games, we didn't play too poorly at all, you know, especially in the first round of the championship, the Galway game. We were exceptional for the first 20 minutes. So we kind of knew we were on the right track. And I suppose the important thing was not to panic. And we just got together as a group, you know, we trusted in our management team and what they were trying to do. And they trusted in us as well as players. And, you know, there were some difficult training sessions and, you know, things like that. But we always kind of knew we were on the right track. And at the end of the day, when you sat down at the start of January this year and said, OK, what do we want to achieve? We didn't want to be peaking in the middle of, you know, May, May or April or whatever it was. We wanted to be here at this weekend. And, you know, that's what we've done now. But is it almost in the dark moments like that, Mary, that the character and resilience kind of comes together because it just it just brings everyone together? Because like we said earlier, you're chasing chasing the same goal. And if when times were tough, you did pull together. And we've seen what what's happened since. So it, it, in one sense, could it could appear like that be the makings of a team? Yeah, it can be. Um, I suppose resilience is a huge part of, you know, what we pride ourselves on as well. And at that time as well, we were going through an awful lot of injuries. You know, we had a big pile of injuries there at one stage during the season. Um, and our physio, Donal, has been absolutely exceptional. I'd say he was the busiest physio in the country there at one point. Um, but he's been brilliant getting us all back on the pitch. And um, obviously things like that, you know, people, some people were going well, others were not going so well. But, you know, we had the, the know-it-all within the group to, you know, put your hands around certain people and say, come here you know, you're good enough to do this. And, you know, other people pushed others on as well. So it was brilliant. Um, and, you know, as you said, sometimes that can be the makings of a team. But the key thing for us was never to panic. We always knew what we were there for. We always knew what we were capable of. And we trusted in each other and the management team to be able to do that. And you talk about, there about not panicking. We want to fast forward to the All-Ireland quarterfinal against Kilkenny up in Crow Park. What an incredible game. I was watching it here at home and it just, it ebbed and flowed but for Cork to come out the right side of a tight game against one of the, let's say, another of the so-called big three in Kilkenny, the team that beat Cork and Leicester's All-Ireland final, what was the emotion after? Was it joy? Was it relief? What was it like, Amy? I think the biggest the biggest feeling was relief. And it always is against 
those types of teams that that feeling of relief the kind of feeling that like you know you've been in all of that work and those games are very very tight they only come down to a point or two and um, so I think the the predominant feeling was definitely relief but you know we were just delighted to get over the line and I suppose against Galway and Kilkenny they were two very different games against two very different styles on two very different days so it's nice to know you've that work in the bank as well you know you're able to get over different teams with different styles on different you know weather conditions for example so it was good for us and what Cork did in those couple of games as well, you you almost you, you kind of booked the trend of, let's say, recent games against Kilkenny and Galway, where if Cork were leading at some point in the second half, they always seemed to come back and just pip Cork right at the end. But especially against Kilkenny, they were coming back at the end. They brought it, what was it, from five down to one, but Cork held on and got the win. And to me, that from the outside looking in, it was like, that just seems like a big result for, for this group of Cork players to, to hold on to lead against a big team in a big game, you know. So could you feel that yourself within the group that it was like, okay, let's like we really do have this. Yeah, I suppose, and it shows the character of the team as well when things like that happen. Um, and again, it's something that hasn't happened overnight. It's something that we've been working on for a very long time. Um, you know that mental strength, and then obviously the people on the line that are coming on to finish the job, that helps when you have you know five people coming onto the pitch that are genuinely going to change the game and genuinely going to change the tempo of the game. Um, so that that definitely helped us as well. And then to beat that Galway team in the semi-final, was it, it's, it's been a, a good few years. I saw a stat afterwards that Galway had won the last seven or eight games. So for Cork to beat Galway in a, in a big game like that, again, just great for the group. But going into the Ireland final, like to have the confidence of beating the last two teams, like that must be a, an ideal position going into Sunday. Definitely. I think we hadn't beaten Galway since 2017. There was a couple of draws here or there um, and they had beaten us obviously every other time. Um, and on, on some occasions, they were genuinely the better team than us. They had the better squad, the better panel. But on other occasions, then we probably, you know, we probably beat, beat ourselves. Um, so it's great to get that get over the line with that. And it's it's a good confidence builder going into a, a final known that you've beaten the last two All-Ireland finalists um, or champions, I should say. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant for us. You know, the, the little matter of Waterford on Sunday, like they have their own great story going on, like I said earlier, first time into a senior final since since the 1940s. But like it's important to, I suppose, to point out here, Waterford beat Cork in the Munster Championship earlier in the year. So they're, they're obviously a really good outfit. They are. They're a brilliant outfit. And they've had, as you said, a, a very good journey. You know, they're, they're a fantastic team. And you know exactly what you're going to get from Waterford. They've beaten us already this year. And, you know, we beat them in last year's All-Ireland semi-final. But it was a tight game. And we've come across each other a good few times in the last few years in the Munster Championship as well. And it's always, always a very tight game. And, you know, it's a, re- it's a real battle against Waterford. And they have the energy around the middle. They have the legs around the middle. And then they bring a huge fight. Uh, but they also have the class as well. So, you know, it's going to be a huge battle next Sunday. Have you any superstitions leading up to a game like this? Yeah, I have a few. I have a list, uh, a list as long as my arm knows. Um, I suppose the, the big one is I, I like to look at a picture of two magpies before a game. <laughs> that might be a bit of a mad one, but yeah, that's that's kind of, yeah. There was actually be a, a trend in the Cork squad. I had Saoirse McCarthy on the podcast a couple of a couple of months ago, and she was saying that herself and Fiona are going to a game, and if they see magpies or they're going to training, they have to That's see. That's probably my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I suppose like there's some things you can control, other things you can't control, and yeah, it's it's probably a, a silly one, but yeah, something that I just do. And like I was saying earlier, um, Amy, in like this week of a final now, in terms of distractions, what do you do for for, for downtime? Is it watch something on Netflix? Is it get out for a walk? Or is it do something else? Or, uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, as I said, I'll try to be as busy as I can with work. Um, 
then I suppose you're going to be training two, three, four nights that week anyway, or, you know, getting out doing something, maybe even in the gym, um, might go to the pictures or the cinema, um, things like that. Yeah, just nothing too major. Um, but as I said, I won't change too much from what I've done previously. It's just another week. It's just another game um, for us. So, so yeah. Fantastic. Or the very best to look on Sunday and hopefully you'll get to see the picture of the two magpies before we run out and go far. <laughs> It'll be my wallpaper for the day, I'd say, on the day. <laughs> Brilliant, Amy. Thanks very much. Thanks a million, Karen. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. So first of all, Matthew, uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast today. I just wanted to ask you about uh, preparations before the All-Ireland final against Watford at the weekend. Like It's a huge game for Cork, uh, aiming for the first All-Ireland since 2018. Yeah, it's it's, it's a massive occasion. Um, look, we, I suppose we got a lot of the kind of, that has has to do things out of the way already, like tickets and stuff like that. Like So look, we, um, I'm very lucky, like Mary McCarthy and Jennifer Megan did a majority of that for me. Um, so all that kind of stuff is out of the way. Like we're just headlong into the game. Um, look, they're they've beaten us already, and they're, they're after a great campaign. I think they're going to have to be beaten once all year. So like you know, we've a massive task against us. Like so, we're we're looking forward to it. Like it's a it's a, a third year in a row back in the final. Like but we've we've nothing to show for it for the last two long. Like. I suppose in in general, like going in as favourites, that's um like a big incentive for Cork uh, going into the final this Sunday. Like Watford are going for the first dollar, and they were you're going for their your twenty nine dollar in in um overall. So like, does that add a bit of pressure to the team that they're going in as favourites? Not at all. That's that's only talk. That's outside of our our dressing room. So like, we've no talk like that. Um, you know, just the last two games we've gone in as, as underdogs and we, we took no notice of that either. Like we didn't use his and said to Vidor. Um you know, look we're we're too long in the two now for that. Um, we've a lot of experience going up there. So look, we, we know there's a massive task ahead of us. Like, you know, like it's it's a massive opportunity for, for Waterford. Um and look, we were we were under first pressure last year against when they are in the semi-final. So like we're like we're under no illusion what's ahead of us. Like the, the favourite tags. That's that's only a kind of immediate thing. We be honest, we 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 take no notice, but we just like what we're keen into is, is just getting a decent performance, and we're after doing that for the last few games. Um, we've been under pressure, I suppose, since we got beaten by Galway in the, the All Ireland series. We've been under pressure every game, so look, this is no different. To, like obviously, it's it's on a more of a national scale now when it's been an All Ireland final, but it's the same amount of pressure on us. Like, and you know, thank God the player, players seem to relish it. You talk about pressure games there, and ever since really the Galway game in the first All Ireland game in general, where you lost one twelve to twelve points up in Pierce Stadium. Like you've mentioned it on interviews before that you've been in pressure cooker situations throughout the championship really against Downey, it's Clare, then Kilkenny in the quarterfinal, then Galway in the semi final. Do you think that kind of stance to the players going into the final? Uh, absolutely, it has to. Like um, as I say, like even even down like on paper we should be beaten down and then not being disrespectful to down like but like we should be beaten down but like we were in the hardest going into that game because we do it was it was do or die and at the time I suppose confidence was a small bit low and we were still down a few players with the dual stuff and and injuries and you know like this they stood up and relished it and and I think it was really kind of the second half of that down game we've kicked on our season because of it because look Claire again Claire was a massive pressure job and they were only after being beaten by Galway by a goal and. 
you know, like we, we we had them put away by half time, which was huge because like Clare Clare a fine tough team like and, and we put them away and as you said, Uncle Kenny and Galway, they're obvious enough. But look, the the confidence is there definitely. Like you know, we're, like we're, we're kind of coming right at the right time. But you know, the fact we beat Kilkenny and Galway, supposedly we win the two top teams in us, um, it means nothing unless we get it over the line next week. Like. And you look at uh, even the game against Galway, which um, impressed most people, um, definitely in fairness, the shooting from Cork. Like you mentioned earlier on the season, that uh, the shooting accuracy needs to be uh, between 60 and 70%. That's a minimum. Cork managed 78% in the semi-binding. That was a huge improvement, really. Only four misses, one wide in total. So that was a brilliant performance by forwards, to be fair, against uh, Galway in the semi-final. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it has been our crux, like, you know, like, the league final and the game against Galway, the the the, the 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 shooting was shocking. Like and um, the players know themselves as well. Like but you, you have to give credit now to, to Liam Cohn and Jermaine, Teddy Nardell as all the coaches. Like the, we we've put a force amount of work into it. Like just steadying them up. Um, I suppose the main thing we were looking at at the start of the year is create chances, and we, we would have been confident enough that we, you know, if we created chances, we we take advantage of them. But like obviously we didn't, but we knew, you know, people I suppose outside the the, the four walls were dressed more panicking. We weren't panicking. Um, we just knew it was only a matter of time getting it right and look it was a massive improvement last week especially in the second half our conversion rate was excellent in the second half against Galway when we were really under pressure and um, you know, it's going to have to be something similar now for the, the final as well and Norching as well that impressed a lot of people was the defence against Galway in fairness like you won 41 turnovers compared to Galway's 36 Galway only scored 5 scores from play overall so that was an incredible achievement as well Laura Tracy at the back there was a very good Sears McCarthy obviously in midfield He's very good. Debbie Coppinger full back. So the defence definitely played their part in the semi-final too. Uh, the defence have been our rock all year. Like, you know, like if you got a score against us, like you are not in, in fairness to them. Like, and even in the conditions now, you'd be kind of weird about slipping around that and you'd be left in for a goal. And we, we, we gave away two goals and look, we were lucky to hit a crossbar for another one. Um, But they really steadied up. Um, You know, Maeve Callan were back in the corner and, and when Laura Hayes came on as well, she drove on the team as well in a major way. Like, and look, we're lucky. I know the, the, the first half bore our bench and all that, but we're lucky that you know, the players came back at the right time. But also, when those players were out, like I think at one stage we were down 16 players for injuries. Other players that probably wouldn't have got an opportunity took an opportunity. And like we have first fighting at the moment for the first 15, but also for the first 20, which is... You know, it's 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 a dream, like you know, because even we're talking now about the final. You know, picking the team is very very hard, and you know, and that's a good complaint to have. You mentioned the good complaint to have, and you mentioned that Laura Hayes came back as well. Like uh, all the players coming back in general this season, you look at Ashley Thompson or Cronin coming back from injury as well. Zara, of course, then you have the dual stars like Hannah Louie and Libby Coppinger and Aoife Healy and Laura Callan. To be fair, are playing at the weekend as well, and are fully focused on the final this weekend as well. So. To have a full squad available to you and you use five subs against Galway as well, that must be brilliant going to the final against Watford as well. It is because, look, I suppose we were playing down and there was a, obviously a, a fixture clash when the, the ladies football were playing Galway and we potentially had 19 players fit the, out of a panel of 32 um, and that, that's 100% legit, like that's where we were. So having it the way it is, even for training, like we were very lucky you now with the Cart Miners Jordy and the lads like left us take um we took five or six of the crop miners one they all earned in training with us as well and you know fairness to them they were they were a great bonus to have around the place but that's how depleted the squad was we had to get players in and even just make up numbers in training so but all these players back now again it is great um 
And you know, look, it's just it just puts a spring in your step when when everyone's out there fighting for competition. Like the like they have a great camaraderie. Like, but there's a fierce um, you know, fight there as well for our positions. Eh? Take it back to the group stage uh, for a minute there. Like even bef- uh, between April and uh, June in all competitions, Cork lost four games in a row after a good run in the league. Then you win that game against Down. Like even in that four game spell, three against Galway and one against Waterford and Munster, were you kind of worried uh, about the team's form in a way? Uh, take it back to that um, few months in general. I suppose the results were disappointing. There's no question about that. Like we, we never lost faith, and it was like, you know, we 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 had a few words after a few of the matches, like but with, with with effort and all that. Like but we like you know, I suppose we we've done it before. We did it last year. Like we we went off shoot the lights out early in the year, and by the time the end of the year, like I know we got to an Ireland final, but we weren't as um kind of I suppose effective at the end of the year. Like but like. We never panicked, like we were like, you know, there was people panicking around us, but like we just said, look, judges in August, don't judges in April, like and, and you know, the players really, you know, when we didn't panic, the players kind of didn't panic either. Like, you know, as I say, we were under fierce pressure for to get results because we knew, but you know, there, there was no major panic there. Like that we look we we knew that what the, the, the qualities of the squad is and, and you know, the, the players we have, the, the, like they're tremendous players. And we we knew kind of if we could get over a couple of weeks that the players would start tripping back in eventually like and and you know they they have done and even even though the players probably weren't available for our selection because of the, the injury they had like but we still had Ashley Thompson back training like and you know she demands the best outsider like Laura Tracy the same you know so that there was no let up in the training sessions even though we were losing games we were still finding positives out of it and work ons like and 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 the work ons were the main key of it because look we had to be honest with ourselves. Um, both management and 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 players like you know, we have to see where we're struggling and how to rectify it and you know we had long conversations about it and see how we got around it and look thankfully it's after working up till now. Make it made a very interesting point about um you know peaking at the right time as well. You've seen it in uh, hurling with Limerick. You've seen it with uh, the men's footballers are carrying Dublin as well. It's kind of the same with yourself. Like um in in that spell losing four games in a row, but then winning against Kilkenny and Galway in pressure cooker situation games. Is that kind of a thing as well? Time, timing your own right in the All Ireland series up until the final. I I would love to say that we're geniuses to, to, that we planned this like, but it's not. It's just it's it's simple. The fact that the amount of the the players that we were down and and I suppose like we to be fair like we we had the different I think there's only four of us so with management stay around this year, so there's a total new management, a total you know new SNCs the whole lot, and it's just everyone embedding themselves into us. Like we got off to great start in the league as you say, but. As the as the time went on, it was just about embedding our system into the you know the players and just matter of getting used to it and you know we did with ferocious amount of um, video analysis on it and just showing them where we were slipping up and, and just trying to rectify that and, and trying to per- perfect it to a, a a big degree like and and you know look we seem to be kind of getting on top of the new system and with the players around us as well and the players putting them under pressure. You know, it's it's it seems to be working at the moment. So look, just hopefully we can continue on for one more game. Obviously, there's a lot of West Cork involvement today uh, going to the final on Sunday. But one that's really stood out from Corsair Rovers is uh, Sierra McCarthy got a uh, player of the match in the semi final against Galway. She's been immense all season from midfield. Obviously, played wing back last year and was very good as well. So, like, what sort of influence has she had on the team in general? And uh, she seems to be enjoying her camogie at the moment in general because she's on brilliant form. She is. She's. She's. Um. Yeah. She. She came back from a great year last year, you know, and and you know, and she had a great year with MTU as well. And um, look, she. She's a different kind of a character altogether. Like you know, she's very first bubbly and and, and always messing up for the laugh. Like, but when 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 it comes to 
the job to be done. She's excellent. Like we, we like we've played her wing back, we played her midfield, we played her, we played wing forward, and we actually played her on, on the edge of the D as well. And um, she's just a fair force to tell, and nothing phases her. Like you know, she doesn't get nervous or anything like that. She just has a job to do. She loves poking the ball, loves 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 playing camogie. Like and, and you know that's what you want. You know her, her club mate is the same. If you want to keep him, like you know she. You know, we all get tense before matches and she could be horizontal inside the dressing room. Like this there's nothing affects them, like you know, this which is great. Um, you know, it's important that we we've kind of some level heads, but like to be fair to Saoirse, like, you know, she she has really driven on and like when she got going against Kilkenny, we went with her and the same against Galway when we when we really needed her, you know, she was there and, and we all kind of follow follow suit with her then as well. And going back uh, into the final on Sunday against Waterford, like obviously you lost them in the Munster Championship 118 to 115 down in Parky Keeve earlier in the season. So have you learned much from that uh, game or does um, that game kind of go out the window once uh, Sunday comes? Uh, there's, there's a kind of element of, there's two diff- a few different elements. But I suppose, look, um, we got beaten by three points, but I think that flattered us. Um, they were far better team than us on the day. Like, you know, they physically, everything blew us out of it. Um, you know, like we 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 weren't complacent going into that game either, and and you know they just blew us out of it. Um, you know, I I you know their personnel is probably the same, but there's there's tweaks, there's difference in their teams, the same with ourselves. Like so, look, we definitely learn out of it. Um, we know what they can bring. They probably one of the best horrors in the country, and then um, Beck Hart and Lorraine Bray is not far behind her, and and you know they've a few more. Abby Flynn and Nave Rocket. There's a, there's a good few of them there. So look, they they they. they like you know, they're another team like Galway. Like you know, if you want to go physically with them, they love it. If you want to go hurling with them, they love it. So it's just, you know, it's, it's for for us to come up now with a, a, the system, try to be as competitive as you can, and just come up a game plan and try and stick to it. And just a final question, like uh, in fairness, like it's your tours all around final in a row. Corker experience at this level, Watford haven't reached it since nineteen forty five. It's kind of a novel situation for them. But um, your players would be more experienced going to the final. Is that kind of a factor um, over Watford in general? Again, like you, you can look at the boat base, definitely we like we're used to this. This is our fifth national tight or national final in a row. Um you know, we are used to the big occasion, like you know, going up there like you still no matter what, what time you go up to to Co Park, you know, there's there's a great excitement and nervousness about it. But like I suppose they're gonna bring like an unbelievable hunger, like the, the first time in seventy something years and I heard a few interviews there, you know, like they have to treat it like it might be their last time. So like, you know, that that that's a massive incentive for them. Coming up here, like, but I think oh, we've 32 on the panel, and we've a couple of lads were injured um, to make up the 32, but uh, 20 of the 32 have no all iron medal, so that's a big enough incentive for us as well. Yeah, definitely. So, and uh, the whole car will be cheering on on Sunday, Matthew. Thanks for your time on the Star Sport podcast here, and best of luck on Sunday for the All Ireland final. And uh, the whole car and the whole of West Cork in general will be cheering you on. Thanks very much, appreciate that. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And now let's take a look ahead to, Kieran, what is a bumper edition of the Southern Star Sport coming out this Thursday? Yeah, huge edition, 28 pages of West Cork Sports are there. It's, and it's GA heavy. It really is because we've had such a busy weekend in the, the county football championships and the Carberry championships. So for all our listeners and all our sports fans and GA fans listening or watching this podcast this Thursday's Southern Star is, is, a, is a must read because we give the star treatment to the big local games. So huge spreads, plenty of pictures, loads of reactions. So if you missed anything from the weekend, Thursday's Southern Star will fill you in. So all those games are covered. 
Um, check out Harley O'Sullivan's reaction to the weekend's big games. He was at the Castlehaven Carby Rangers game on Friday, and he went to New Stone Donnie's on Saturday. So in his column, he gives his tactical breakdown of those games and where they were won and lost. Obviously, we have a preview of the All Ireland Camogie final, and taking pride of place in that preview is a is a really um, good color piece by Matthew Hurley and Saoirse McCarthy from Coursey Rovers. Matthew spoke with Sarah Hayes from Courses and former Cork Camogie manager Paddy Murray on that to tell us more about Saoirse, who's been in top form in the in the last couple of weeks. And sticking with GA for a second, we have a two-page preview of the Carberry Junior A Hurling Championship, which is throwing in this weekend. So very much like what we did with the Junior A football last week, it's a profile of all 11 teams that are in that are in, are in competition for the Flyer Nighton. Um, road bowling is busy at the moment. Another All-Ireland series coming up. And two more stories that I, I just want to flag is first Limerick hurdler Kyle Hayes, six days after winning the All-Ireland with the four in a row with the Limerick hurdlers in Croke Park, he was making his harness racing debut in Manch. So we have that in Thursday's Southern Star. And also the Irish... Outdoor Athletics Championships were on the weekend, just gone. And gold again for Nicola Tuttle. Nicola just can't stop winning gold. Like it's incredible. She's had a had a brilliant year. And this is her ninth national title, which is only 19 years of age. So we have a full report from that. There's another medal came down to West Cork too. Shane Howard abandoned Athletic Club in the long jump. But unfortunately, the Healy sisters, Joan and Phil, both missed out in their respective um respective distances and events, but we have a full report and roundup in Thursday Star. So action packed, Dylan. As always. And if you're further afield or can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star and get it on your laptop, tablet or phone. As I said earlier, we have a great offer on at the moment. The details are up on screen now. If you want further details, head to southernstar.ie forward slash offers where you can see that you'll be able to get the premium subscription for 50% off for the, your first two months. So that's one euro a week for the best West Cork sport and news. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.